This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. The really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Tim Curran. That's right. Welcome into the Sports Nightly podcast, the fantasy football podcast, I should say. Uh, I am filling in for Ben McLaughlin. Uh, Sources say that he is ducked out this week because I am playing him and he did not want to take the heat coming from me, which which is understandable. Uh, but joining me this week on the podcast, we have the venerable, the esteemed Greg Sharp, as well as Austin Orman. Gentlemen, how are we doing this fine day? Great. Yeah, Perfect. looking forward to And you've got the matchup. Austin and I are going head-to-head this week. I know. That's right. It's, kind of, it's been a trend on this podcast, hasn't it? We're having the uh, people yeah. going head-to-head. Interesting. That's what we're here for. We, uh, I, I don't expect the smack talk to be at Tim levels, but there might be a few barbs thrown back and forth in the next <laughs> half an hour or so. Well, well, don't worry. I'm here to bring the heat regardless. I, I, I wouldn't want that to, to go by the wayside here. Uh, well, well let's, let's take a quick look here uh, at how you guys are doing and then, and then the broader standings. Um, so we have the, the Hickman Jackrabbits, of course, Greg's team. They're, they're doing okay. They're three and two. There's a bit, pretty much a three-way tie in the east between saucy nugs kittles and blitz and the hickman jackrabbits that's josh ben and greg and then in the west uh bando the mando still leads all of us at a perfect five and oh i am bringing up the rear at three and two whereas the orman rowboats are in third place at two and three and so is the rest of the east they're sitting at two and three as well uh greg we'll start with you you're three and two uh you're, you're sitting fairly pretty and you're you're, you're you haven't separated yourself yet but how do you feel about your hickman jackrabbits uh thus far this season perfectly average is what <laughs> i would say about my team um yeah. you, you know i look at my my side of the of the standings i i think it's fairly clear through five games that josh has the best team and i think the points scored to this point in time would probably throw that out there in agreement of that. I think that Mick's team might be the second best team in our division, even though he's just two and three. Ben and I are almost dead even, I think. And then poor, poor uh, Morning Woodhead, that's Jeremiah Searle's <laughs> team. They just they can't catch a break. No, they're at the bottom of the standings at 0-5, and deservedly so. Uh, he did have to he's, – he's looking to make some trades. I, I did see him on social media on Twitter the other day. Uh, cr- kind of crying out for help uh, with managing his football team. I don't know if any help or salvation is coming <laughs> uh, for poor Jeremiah Searles, but uh, we shall see. I-, I don't know who he's playing this week, but uh, whoever whoever he has, I'm sure, is feeling blessed. Uh, that brings us to the Orman Rowboats. Uh, Austin swimming a little bit upstream, uh, as the name would imply, sitting at two and three. How, how are you feeling about your, your team, uh, Mr. Orman? Well, I don't think last week is a great indication of what my team can do. I had one available running back. They were all on, on buys, or the other running back I had, Rex Burkhead, got bumped off due to COVID. So I almost knocked Bando off last week, fell by only 3.5 points. But with only one available running back, I lost out on a lot of points. My team, you know, I feel like I'm doing 
doing pretty well. My guys are doing pretty well. I think I'm third or fourth in the league in points scored, but I've given up the most by a long shot. So everyone is having a great great week against me maybe that's because they're pulling the right strings maybe they're just getting lucky against me i don't know what it is but no all things considered i'm pretty happy with where my team's at yeah as for me i'm i'm pretty much smack dab in the middle of the league uh by overall rankings i'm fifth place that's just behind greg and ben um but you know i think that's probably fair for how i I performed this season i have not yet unleashed my full potential Uh, i've been saving it up pretty much for uh just ben so i i would anticipate (laughs) I don't want to show my cards just yet, but I'm anticipating at least a 60-point margin of victory, so uh, you can hold me to that. Man. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, moving on, though, I, we want to um, uh, take a quick look here at some of the, some of the moves that were made, uh, some, some blockbuster moves, some, some not-so-blockbuster uh, moves and, and waiver-wire transactions that have been made. Uh, real quick, looking at my team, I'm sure that the league was put on watch as I dropped the Saints D and picked up the Patriots D because the Saints D was in a bye. Well, turns out the Pats, uh, I assume, are getting that game off this week, but they did have that positive COVID test and shut down their facility. So who knows if I'm going to have a defense this week? I guess we'll see. I did pick up uh, Youngway Koo, uh, the Atlanta kicker, who I was surprised to see was not picked up by anyone. Um, but I, I made that move. I think last week I had Randy uh, Bullock, the uh, Bengals kicker, I boldly predicted he was going to be banging in 60 yarders left and right. I think he had like one attempt all game. The Bengals can't move the football. That was unfortunate. So I promptly dropped him never to be seen again. So I've, I've made some two relatively minor moves, getting the Patriots D and uh, Mr. Koo uh, to kick some field goals for me. Uh, Austin, how about yourself? Have you made any uh, blockbuster earth shattering moves this week? Any adjustments to your team? Not huge. I did pick up a couple guys, though. First of all, Robert Tanyan. He's become the second option for Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay. He might take a little bit more of a backseat with Devontae Adams returning, but I'm still pretty happy with that pickup with my starting tight end, Darren Waller, on by. And I also just got a a free pickup of Cam Akers off the waiver wire. Probably not going to play in this week. San Francisco is really good against the run. Cam Akers still still trying to find his footing out there in Los Angeles. But I think he's got a couple big games in him this year. So a couple minor moves, but ones I'm, I'm happy about. How about yourself, Mr. Sharp? Yeah, I was nervous about being a little skinny at the running back spot. So I went and got Devontae Freeman from the Giants, who's been fairly solid for a brutal offense. I mean, that's, <laughs> you need to wash your eyes out after you watch the Giants play football. It's just hard to, to stomach them. But he's been pretty solid for them. And I'm not starting him this week, but uh, he's there for – for a kind of an emergency situation. I remember I drafted Le'Veon Bell uh, back oh, yes. in the day, dumped him a few weeks ago. I think Ben scooped him up at the end of this week. I just don't know that he's going to get enough attempts in Kansas City to really warrant that. Now, he may find the end zone a couple times, short yardage type situation, but I really wasn't even tempted to go get Bell once he got picked up by the Chiefs. But, um, but Ben, being the, the big Kansas City Chiefs fan that he is, I just don't think could resist. Yeah, I agree. And I guess you don't have enough Kansas City Chiefs on your team. You only have a paltry three. Uh, you can probably stand <laughs> to pick up a few more, right? I mean, there, there's just aren't enough Chiefs uh, for, for Greg to amass on his team. But, you know, kind of hard to argue with having Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's kind of hard to say. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good guy to have on your team. I actually, I did. I, you know what? I, I want to say it might not have been our, our sports nightly league, but a, a year ago, I, I want to say I, I did spend a pretty high draft pick on Patrick Mahomes, and he ended up getting hurt. Uh, that was that was not okay. So I've I've been 
uh, still upset with, with dear old Patty ever since. So he's he's still on my blacklist, but uh, I'm sure he'll recover from from me not fully respecting him enough. But that that being said, uh, want to move on real quick. I know we we addressed this last week. Uh, there are a lot of players. Uh, some are good at the game of football. Others not as good at the game of football. Uh, as for me. Uh, there are some players that have maybe not performed up up to snuff, uh, to, to put it mildly. Um, taking a look though at my roster, which I I, I still am, am very you know confident in. I think they're gonna, as I said, beat Ben by by sixty. But uh, Julio Jones is the one player on my roster who I look at and I am just constantly disappointed. He's been really hurt by a hamstring injury. He didn't play last week, and even when he has played, he really hasn't performed yet ESPN tells me I would be uh, an insane person not to start it they say that he is an automatic start when he pretty much gets like no more than you know a few targets per game and drops half of those so I, I, I don't really know what to make of Julio it's been kind of an on again off again relationship uh, but reluctantly I am starting him this week um, uh, starting with you Greg is there anyone on your team who you kind of have a a mixed relationship with who you're kind of not sure who you're going to start week in or week out, or who's been kind of underperforming? Well, first of all, Julio has, has been kind of as, as up and down as that entire Atlanta franchise, right? I yes. mean, come on. I mean, build up big leads, blow games late. But I think the injury is what's really kept him back. I think you have to start a guy like that because you don't want to be sitting there on Monday going, God, he just went off the day before and I didn't have him in the lineup. So I think you have to. As far as my team, Odell Beckham has been a guy that – He's he's had good moments, and then he's had days where he disappears uh, from this team. And the other guy that's driving me crazy is, and really hasn't done anything the last couple weeks is Marvin Jones from the Lions, who had a good game week two, but has really drifted off and doesn't even seem to be one of the top targets for Matt Stafford to look for. So Jones is finding a lot of pine time for the Hickman's team right now. I'm just not going to put him in there until he starts showing that he's more of a target. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point uh, you raise. Well, Austin, I know that you are a, a proud owner of Dak Prescott, who got his ankle rearranged. So I know My you're not going to be able to rely on him. But is there anyone on your on your roster that you are are not overly pleased with at the moment? Not anymore. I made one move this week. One I forgot to mention earlier. T. Y. Hilton was that guy for me. I I love T. Y. as a Colts fan. I kept waiting for him to break out and have a big game, but he and Old Phil just aren't on the same page yet. So I gave up on that relationship. I had kept T.Y. on my bench all year, hadn't started him. And I picked up James Washington from Pittsburgh in a week that they're going against Cleveland. So hopefully Washington doesn't turn into the next T.Y. Hilton. But aside from that, I'm pretty pretty satisfied with what my guys have given me. Yep, that, that's uh, that, that you should, as you should feel, uh, good about that. But uh, well, let, let's look at the matchups for this week. Um, lots of blockbuster ones, including my own matchup against Kittles and Blitz. That is Ben McLaughlin, who, again, has ducked uh, this week's podcast, again, afraid of, of what I had to say. Uh, well, Ben is a very, very slight favorite in this one, which uh, to me is is an outrage. I mean, I, that, I don't see how that happens at all. Um, he, he's favored to win by like a 1.7 points. Uh, I, I'm actually starting Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the only... ESPN apparently not big on Rodgers uh, putting up a lot of points this week, but but I digress. Um, a, a, as you gentlemen take a look at uh, this this really just titanic matchup between Suryat's inside source and uh, Kittles and Blitz, Ben and, ben and myself, um, who are you guys giving the edge in this one? And Austin, I'll, I'll start with you. 
man, I don't know. Zeke Elliott is going to have to shoulder a lot more of the load for Dallas now that Andy Dalton's playing quarterback with, uh, with Dak Prescott injured, like you just said. So I think Zeke's going to have a big week. Overall, though, I think I have to give the lean to Ben's team. Mike Davis is going to get a lot of touches. I just like a lot of his matchups, especially with Ben, ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. I assume that's who Ben will start against that Cleveland defense. I think Roethlisberger has a really big week. Okay, well, I know not to ask your opinion again. Uh, Greg, uh, what's, what's your feeling on this matchup? Um, you know, I've got Rodgers going to QB. Ben's got uh, Ben, another Ben. That's, that's some Ben bias right there. He's got David Montgomery and Mike Davis at running back. I've got Zeke and Todd Gurley. He's got Scary Terry McLaurin and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. I have the venerable Julio Jones, who I just bagged on, and Bobby Trees. Uh, he's got George Kittle. I've got Zach Ertz. I've got Mostert going, Patsy, Young Way Koo. He's got Jonathan Taylor, Rams D, Greg Zerline. Uh, who you like in this matchup, Mr. Sharp? It's, it's razor thin. I think what you look at sometimes in this is maybe some of those hidden points. Who's got a better – whose defense might put up more points? And that even looks even. I mean, you've got the Patriots defending the, the wickedly talented Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, and, and then he's got the Rams – taking on San Francisco, and, and the Niners have been abysmal lately off. So I'm not sure there's even a lean there. Um, yeah, the, hey, there's a reason that this thing is razor thin on the forecast. It's a coin flip game. I don't really know that there's a clear-cut leader in this one. Well, yeah, I, I can assure you that I'm the clear-cut leader. Ben will probably be in tears. Um, I'm already going to call my shot. I worked last week, so I, I think we're – I think I can comfortably say that's a W for me in the win column, um, as evidenced by the fact that Ben could not even show up today. So uh, I'm feeling confident about that one. Uh, also probably feeling somewhat confident, despite Bando's record, is Saucy Nugs. That is Josh yeah. Shookman. Uh He is going up against Bando, who is, again, as we mentioned, an unblemished 5-0, uh, and o, yet Josh is projected to win by like 30 points, uh, which yes. is interesting. And, and Bando has his entire... Uh, uh, he, of course, he, he has not yet set his lineup. We should mention that. He still has Alvin Kamara going <laughs> in the bye week. So assuming that Bando gets his lineup set, Austin, who do you like in this one? Well, Bando doesn't really have many other options. You look at his bench, what he's got, the only other running back he has available is Duke Johnson, who's projected for six points. So even if he changes that, you still have Josh by 25 points. Greg was mentioning this off air just before we went on. Josh has taken over the projected league winner spot which is kind of surprising but I'm not in love with Bando's team especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback although they are playing the Jets a lot of bills on that team as well Stephon Diggs and Devin Singletary I think I give the lean to Josh this week I really do hmm. Greg I'm I'm with him I, I think that it's time for Bando to, to get brought back to the pack a little bit and just looking through this you know who who thought that Murray would be as dynamite as dynamite as he's been. Now he's cooled the last couple of weeks, as have the Cardinals. But Kelsey could be big in that Monday afternoon matchup with the Bills for the Chiefs. Um, I, I think I think Josh's team prevails and gives Bando their first loss of the year. Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. I mean, there's a couple spots where you could see Josh might trip up. I'm, I'm actually a big Kyler Murray fan. I think Miles Gaskin will have a good week. Not as sure about Philip Lindsay. Um, I think Thielen will do okay. Calvin Ridley uh, usually goes off for 40 points every week besides the, the other week where he scored zero. I actually tried to pry Calvin Ridley away from Josh, and he, he swatted that suggestion down very hard. So uh, he's also got a banged-up Julian Edelman at the flex. But that being said, 
I'm also not super confident Bando gets that lineup set. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to give this one uh, a, a W for, for Saucy Nugs and, and humbling Bando uh, after pretty much running away with the league. Well, uh, that brings us to uh, aforementioned Morning Woodhead, who is 0-5, uh, taking on Homeland Obscurity, Mr. Brett Whitty, who had a tough go against me last week. Uh, Brett uh, probably still lick, lick, lipping his wounds after after the beating I, I laid down on him. Um, he, he's starting Gardner Minshew. That probably says a lot about the state of his team. Um, but but where do you guys uh, uh, see this one, Greg? Greg, we'll start with you. Uh, Morning Woodhead and Homeland Obscurity. I am calling my shot. Morning Woodhead gets their first win. So while I think Bando gets his first loss, I think Morning Woodhead picks up its first win. Good pickup by getting Madison from the Vikings with the injury to Dalvin Cook. That was a good get by Jeremiah to put him in that lineup. Matson looked pretty good last week once Cook got hurt in that game against Seattle. Uh, and you're right, with, with the bye week for Russell Wilson, uh, th- that makes Homeland Obscurity pretty ripe for the picking. I think Searles notches his first win. Could not agree more. I, I love that Madison pickup as well. And with both Wilson and Tyler Lockett on bye from Seattle, even Henry Ruggs from Las Vegas, just not a whole lot of points out there for Brett and no kicker so no no hidden points from that as well so yeah I think Jeremiah gets on the board yeah I, I think that I'm inclined to agree uh I think Cooper Cup is a solid option he's got Mark Andrews he'll need a big week from him um uh, it's not going to be my much um but who knows maybe Tampa Tom has a really really good game uh against Green Bay and that kind of sets the tone but yeah looking at, at Brett's options I mean he's he's got Malcolm Brown in the starting lineup I've got him another league he kind of underwhelms most of the time will fuller is not really a lock for a lot of points as you guys mentioned he doesn't have a kicker going and he might not pick one up or, or, or set his lineup to have one so yeah i, I think that both these lineups are, are pretty weak it's a it's a resistible object meeting a movable force but uh, we'll give we'll give morning woodhead the the advantage uh going into that one uh well, well that brings us of course to uh you two uh another a grudge match uh, and this one <laughs> is predicted to be close, uh, but Greg, given the object, uh, I, either what's the what's the confidence level at Greg? You're you're favored to win by uh, the 58 percent win probability. You've got like a, a 10 or 15 point projection lead. How confident are you you, you take home this dub? Well, I think the Colts defense is going to be a big factor for me. I think they're going to shut down Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati Bengals attack and pick me up double digit points out of my defense. In tight matchups, I always look at what what kickers might end up doing and what defenses might end up doing. I like that. I got good news this morning with Odell Beckham being cleared to play for Cleveland. Um, We're going to have to wait on the result of this one because of the late Chiefs kick this week on the Monday afternoon game with the Bills. And I think the Chiefs bounced back. I think the Chiefs got um, humbled a little bit by the Raiders last week. I think the Chiefs will bounce back on Monday. Well, Austin, what do you you say to yourself? I mean... Greg looks like he's in pretty tip-top shape to win this one. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. I'm looking at your roster right now. DeAndre Swift is famous for botching an absolute <laughs> walk-in oh, touchdown. Matthew Stafford is probably going to tear his rotator cuff at his shoulder. Uh, I'm not, but Aaron Jones is a guy who can go off for 40. Uh, but looking at the rest of your roster, roster uh, I, I'm not super convinced. Austin, what do you have to say for yourself? I would have to say that I'm taking a chance on a couple receivers. I'm moving Amari Cooper to the bench this week 
because, Ooh. like I said, I don't trust Andy Dalton as much as they might want to force feed him. I'm just not in love with that. Amari had basically no points in the second half of last week's game against the the Cleveland defense, so I'm I'm not buying Amari this week. The other move I made was to move Robbie Anderson to my bench. He's projected for 15 points, but he's going up against the Bears defense that shut down Tampa Bay uh, back on Thursday night, not that long ago. So I think that Chicago defense is legit. I think Tampa Bay is better than Carolina, and if Tampa Bay struggled to move the ball, I think Carolina will as well. So I'm taking a shot on James Washington, my recent waiver wire pickup against that porous Cleveland defense, and also Justin Jefferson against Atlanta, who has a certain proclivity for giving up points. So I know Greg's projected to win, but I'm really confident in those two receivers that I think give me a better chance than the numbers might say. Austin's hurt by Waller being out this week with Vegas. Waller's been so good for the Raiders. And that's just tough having the bye week. And that's what we're all starting to deal with now is the bye weeks are going to come pretty fast and furious. Yeah, that, that is true. I've definitely had to deal with that a lot. Um, and that, that'll wrap us up with our last matchup we're looking at. We have standard format. That's Mick Steiner's team going against the Buggers of Star City against our fan, Lamar Dinkins. Uh, this one is actually an intriguing matchup. I think both these teams are, are better than their record would indicate. Uh, but looking at Mick, who's a slight favorite, 127 points projected, against Lamar's 117.7. I'm going to give Mick the slight edge in this one. I really like his roster. He's got guys like Josh Allen at QB. Joe Mixon's having a great week. David Johnson, he'll he'll probably be solid for at least 10 points. DeAndre Hopkins seems to lead fantasy standings uh, every week, week in, week out. And he's also got the rec specs himself, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship at kicker. And although Lamar's got a solid team, you can tell he's he's made lots of uh, lots of moves. He, he did pick up Chase Claypool. He won the stakes for the rookie who scored 4,000 touchdowns last week uh, in a single game for Pittsburgh. Um, but but looking at he's, he's but he's got guys like Chris Carson on the bench who have a bye week. Michael Thomas. Um, so he he's kind of hurt with some bye weeks. So I'm going to give Mick uh, the edge in this one. Austin, is that how you see it? I do mostly because of. Lamar Jackson not being quite who we thought he was. He's been generally fine, but not quite the transcendent talent he seemed to be last year. I think he gets it figured out moving forward. Maybe this is the week against Philadelphia, but I still think uh, Lamar Jackson's got a couple off weeks in him. Miles Sanders, uh, that running back spot against that Baltimore defense, that rarely ends well for teams. And then in his flex spot, only projected for nine points out of Damian Harris against Denver. I don't think that Lamar's going to have quite enough to get it done. Give me Mick moving on. Miles Sanders, guys, last week for Philadelphia had a huge week. I know that because I played Lamar last week. I think he ended up with close to 30 points. As as Austin said, he won't do that against Baltimore's defense. And Claypool now is on the radar, right? I mean, so now Mm -hmm. now teams are going to shade him a little bit. I doubt he has a game even close to what he did last week. And, Tim, you mentioned the name DeAndre Hopkins. That guy going against that Cowboys defense, he might score 40. (laughs) Yeah, that Cowboys defense has been uh, pathetic, and that's putting it mildly. I mean, the Cowboys have been kind of a shock uh, team. They really had quite a miracle to to win that game against New York uh, last week with Andy Dalton coming in and and kind of saving their behind, so to speak. And so, uh, yeah, Dallas, though, they've really underperformed. They also had that miracle against Atlanta. Uh, but that defense has been horrendous, <laughs> and that goes without saying. Well, uh, that brings us kind of towards the end of things, but before we wrap up, I-, I wanted to peer into the crystal ball, if you guys will indulge me. Um, anyone willing to call their shot and who is going to be the ultimate uh, 
champion here? Who's going to be crowned winners of the league? Now, of course, I'm never one to bet against myself. I do believe Suryat's inside source will be celebrating the, the championship. Uh, we'll be getting the, the dub over all of you. Um, but that being said, is there a team uh, that you guys have penciled in to, 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 that will ultimately be the, the winner, the champion of this all? Greg, anyone come to mind? Saucy Nugs. I, I just think Josh has it lined up, barring a big injury coming down the stretch of this season. I, I just think he's he's got it figured out. He's got it locked in. He's got enough weapons at different spots. He's my odds-on favorite. Yeah, if I, if I look down the list, I would say probably Josh is one, Mick at two. I like his roster, and I think Ben's three. I think those are my my top three in that order. No Bando. Right no Bando. I I just don't love that roster. I think he's gotten lucky a couple weeks, and I think he's going to come back to earth in the middle part of the season. Yeah, that that you know what I, I could see that for sure. I mean Bando, especially if he you know forgets to set his lineup uh, as the, <laughs> as the season progresses. You know, if Alvin Kamara can't go every week, then uh, who knows what happens with Bando? That's really helped him a lot. Kamara's liable to get like forty points every week. Uh, Saucy Nugs is a good shout, uh, but again, uh, I'm not betting against myself. Sirot's inside source, uh, the Cronut. Well, before we wrap this bad boy up, uh, any any parting words of wisdom, Austin? We'll start with you. Are we going to pick our high point scorers first? Oh, of course. Well, I, I, look at this. The guest host comes in and just tramples over the format and, <laughs> and starts forgetting. Uh, yeah, we, we need to do that, and I, and I will uh, go ahead and call my shot. Last week, I predicted that uh, uh, Raheem Mostert would be the highest scorer, would actually set a fantasy record in points. Uh, that did not end up being the case, surprisingly enough, although he did get me a solid 14, 15 points. Um, but I think in terms of uh, the fantasy record this week, I think that Julio, a man who I've bagged uh, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, will be the leader in fantasy points this week. He's, he's ready to, to come for a comeback. He's going against a soft Minnesota D. Uh, he's ready to go off. He's going to get at least 35. Uh, it's going to be glorious. Uh, so Julio Jones is my pick. Uh, Greg, who do you think is going to be the leading scorer this week? Well, I tip my... my uh tip my pick earlier with DeAndre Hopkins. I think just going against that Dallas defense, I think he's going to have a monster game Monday night under the lights, bright lights of Monday night football, national TV. He's going to put on a show. I'll go to the AFC North for my pick, and I think it's going to come from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really think Big Ben's going to have a big week. I don't trust that Cleveland secondary. Cut him off, Tim. (laughs) I, I mean, it's just it's just naive. I'll, I'll let him spout his nonsense all all day, and it's fine. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see you prevail, Tim. I think Ben has the lean, but I think Ben Roethlisberger against that Cleveland secondary. It was a lot worse in the second half once Indi- Indianapolis started going with a little bit more play action. They ran the ball to set up the pass, and that really gave Cleveland some problems. I think Pittsburgh can do similar sort of things with James Conner. They just won't have Philip Rivers to throw the ball to the other team at the end. Yeah, uh, there we go. That that is just sound logic from the Orman Robots. Uh, we'll see if his team fares any better this week. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on this here podcast, the venerable, the wonderful Sports Nightly Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I wish the both of you the best of luck, um, at least for this week, because I'm not playing you. Um, ben though is going down in flames, but uh, appreciate the both of your time and uh, the best of luck as this season progresses. You bet. Enjoyed it. Well, thanks, folks. That'll wrap it up for this week, and uh, join us again next week. I've been Tim Curran, and my guests, Austin Orban and Greg Sharp.